Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. I love the applause outside when we said we're reopening. Everyone was pretty excited. And you guys are even here already, so that's wonderful. But again, this is an invitation for everyone who is a part of our community to start connecting together together again. And so we will be sending out that Zoom information throughout this week. So look for it on our social media or receiving a text from someone just reminding you. If you get a couple of texts of people sending you the same link to this Zoom, uh, don't get frustrated because people are overwhelming you with texts. Be appreciative that so many people love you and want you to be there. And so we hope you guys will join us again this Friday at 7 p.m. And we want to remind you that as we continue to move forward, uh, Genesis is here because of your contribution, uh, your donations. And so you can continue to give and go to the genesisstory.com. All the information is there regarding how to give. And um, there it is up on the board through Zelle, Venmo. You can mail it or at the website. Again, these are all ways for you to continue support Genesis and what we're doing. Um, just to give you a little idea of why we're doing this Zoom meeting for everyone is because we want to encourage everyone to start rethinking how we are going to move forward. Uh, We have been through a lot. A lot of us have gone into kind of a a PTSD from COVID and have social anxiety maybe more than we had before. And we want to help you through that. We also want to lean forward into how we are going to be the church in the future. And we have some ideas of things that we can do differently. We are wanting to make sure that we provide something that is fitting with life the way it is today. And really, we don't want to go back to normal. We want to press into the future and help those who are struggling come alongside. And so hope you will join us at that time where we have a lot of things we want to share with you concerning our gathering together. Okay, I've been going through a series on transformation for months now. And it's not over because transformation is still taking place. And remember, for change or transformation to take place, we have to become aware aware of what needs to change. And oftentimes, that's the difficulty. Something needs to change, and if we're not aware of it, how does that change take place? If God is wanting to do something deep within us, if God is wanting to transform our lives, but we are unaware of the area that he wants to transform us in, 
How is that going to happen? And that's what this series has been about. And we've talked about the first thing we have to do is to detect it, right? We have to see where is the voice of God speaking into our hearts, into our lives. This isn't just about our words, the things that we say, or the doctrine, the things that we adhere to. It's not just about the things that we do, our works or our deeds, but it gets to our wants, to our desires. It's to the core of who we are, and that's where change needs to take place. And we've called this kairos, moments, opportunities, where God is speaking to us, revealing to us areas in our lives that he wants to work in. And we've talked about that pretty extensively, the ways that that shows up. But after we become aware of something, God is ministering to me. His spirit is speaking to my heart. Then what we have to do is dig with compassionate curiosity as to what that work needs to be. Why is he speaking to us? And this is where we lean in. We open our ears ears to hear. We, we want our hearts to be open. We want to posture our lives to receive what it is God is revealing to us because we do want to grow. We do want to change. This is discipleship and it is active. It is not passive. It is something that engages us completely. And then what we do is we discern. And that's what we've been talking about the last few weeks. We, we discern if we're believing a lie about security, belonging, or significance. Putting something else in place of what is true. Making an idol and trusting or believing things more than God. And I talked about if we have fallen into a lie, believing our security is what we have or that our belonging is in what we can do, or our significance is what others think of us, or a name that we can make for ourselves, then we need to declare and believe the good news that I believe God is offering us. And and that's where we are today. We're getting to this place of declaration, declaring good news. But before we go there, we need to get something straight about belief. Because so oftentimes we think belief is what we think. And I want to start off with a quote by Dallas Willard, and this just slew me, slayed me, slew me. Here is the quote. Knowing the right answers doesn't mean we believe them. Believing means we are set to act as if the right answers are true. Perhaps the hardest thing for sincere Christians to come to grips with is the level of real unbelief in their own life, the unformulated skepticism about Jesus that permeates all dimensions of their being and undermines what efforts they do make towards Christ-likeness. That is such a powerful statement because that has been I think a part of my life for so long that I was really living in a place of, you know, this is what I believe. This is my, my doctrine. These are the things I think are true. And these are the things that I think should be due. But do they actually show up in my everyday life? It, it, are my beliefs something 
that I live as if they're true. If I really believe your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, am I living as if the kingdom is present here or am I living thinking, well, someday the kingdom will come, but it's not a reality to me now. And you see, this is where we need to declare good news because the good news is God's kingdom has come, is present, and we get to live in it. And that means to live in the the truths that that declares to who we are regarding our security, regarding our belonging, regarding our significance. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, it says... Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one, that he was the Christ. Jesus asked the disciples who other people say he is. What's his identity? Who do people think that I am? And the disciples give a a few answers, right? Oh, some say Elijah, some say one of the prophets. Then Jesus gets a little bit more personal and pointed. And he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter, as usual, speaks up. And as he does, he says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus perceives that this is a deeply significant moment. Peter has discerned. He's had a kairos that Jesus is the Christ. This is his true identity. And Jesus takes that as a sign that the Father has been at work in Peter's life. Flesh and blood didn't tell you this. God told you this. And as a sign that God has been working with him, he actually gives him a new name, a name now as a child born of God. You will be called Peter. And so Jesus proclaims good news to Peter in this moment, establishing the relationship, this family connection with him. His words highlight three aspects of the good news that we have been looking at. Notice the good news of belonging. This was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. He's been communicating with you. And you've been listening to him. You are a part of this family. You hear from God. Can you imagine Jesus saying that to you? God just revealed something to you. That'd be pretty powerful. And I imagine Peter was like, he did? 
I mean, yeah, he did. You know, I mean, Peter's probably like, oh, yeah, of course. He probably wasn't even aware. Like oftentimes I don't think we are, that God is speaking and revealing himself to us. But Peter, you've been listening and I'm giving you a new name that you belong to me and to my father in this family. Notice the good news of significance. I will give you the keys to the kingdom. You have authority to bind and loose in my name. You have purpose that is pretty powerful. You now are a representative for me. That's pretty significant. And notice the good news of security. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You want security? There you go. On this truth, nothing will be able to tear it down. You are forever taken care of. Not even death can remove you from the provision of my presence. A whole different kind of security. He's helping Peter and us to see in a different light, to see belonging in a different way, right? To, to see significance in a different way, to see security in a whole different light. And I think one of the greatest tragedies in life is that we keep forgetting who we are. And so we live a life of scarcity instead of a life of abundance, which Jesus said he came to give. I came to give you life and life in abundance. But we keep living from the scarcity because we are not aware of what God is given to us and who we are. Isn't it amazing when you get a, a stimulus check from the government and you have money that you didn't have, how it makes you feel, right? All those memes that people with the stimulus check are going and coming home with big TVs, right? It's like, hey, look what I can have. Why? Because I have this money, right? If we don't have that money, if we're living on a budget, which is a good thing, right? We, we live from this place of I only have so much. What if there was unlimited amount in your bank, right? Well, then I could get those things. I could be generous in these ways. I could do so much more if I felt I had that. What would happen in our lives if we saw that we are not living from this place of scarcity, Right, that you belong, that you are secure in this family, that you have significance, that you actually matter and are important to the work that God is doing and that there is security because who you are cannot be taken away from you in your relationship with God. What would happen if we lived like that regularly? The security that we would have. You know, this Weekend, I had my grandsons over, and it's always just a, a joy to have them around. It's also very exhausting, right? More so for my wife and my daughter. God bless her, came and helped us out. But we got these two rambunctious boys, and they come to the house, and they think everything belongs to them, and it pretty much does. Our house pretty much is their playground. And, and it's funny because you every room that they go to, they 
they leave their mark, right? I mean, it's like in this room, they were here. In this room, they were here. In the kitchen, you could see on the floor, they were here. It's like they own the place. There is no feeling of, oh, I better watch it. I, I better be careful. No, they know this is a comfortable place. They know that what they need is here. They know that they have the freedom to let their hair down. And sometimes they just let their pants down, run around naked, right? I mean, they're just like, there is this security that is there because they belong and they matter. What would happen to our lives if we believed that? Not just believed, thought it was true, but acted like that was true. Conducted our, ourselves and the things that we even tell ourselves as if that was true. Because this restored identity in Christ, the, the true self, knows that I already have the thing I was looking for. God has freely given it to me, and Christ assures it can never be taken away from me. That's the comfort. That's the assurance. That's the good news. If the bad news is a lie slash idol that we believe and follow in an effort to obtain what we really deeply desire, the good news is this proclamation of joy, right? That God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness, Peter would say, which includes the truest fulfillment of what we most deeply desire, our wants. What we want, God has met, and it now belongs to you. How can we start living in that as a reality, believing it, not just in our minds, but in our lives? This is the good news that we proclaim into the bad news that we've discerned. The good news that I belong, that I'm significant, that I'm secure, into the bad news that it's what I have, it's what I have to do, and it's what people think. Now, first, the bad news, the lie, is that you can't have what you most deeply desire unless you work harder, make more money, achieve more success, find a new group of friends, get your spouse to help you out around the house more, etc. right? It's a carrot on a stick in front of our lives that we never reach. It's a promise made by an idol that can never be fulfilled. You always have to do something more to get something more. Your false self is trying to belong, be significant, be secure, into this emptiness. In order to get what we desire, you have to strive and scrape or negotiate for it. But the good news, the true self, the life we should be living into 
is that God has freely given you what you most deeply desire in Christ. You don't need to perform in any way to obtain it. You already have access to it. And the only thing to do about it is simply receive it, to joyfully surrender to it and to act as if it's true. Your true self already has access to all the belonging, significance, and security that you need. And out of the fullness at the core, you are free to act in the world on the basis of having all that you need, confident in your identity in Christ. This is where we live. And this is a place of security, right? It's not a place of arrogance. My, my grandchildren, when they come over, aren't full of pride. Yeah, I belong in this house. No, it's just who they are. There, there is no trying to posture themselves to, to make us think they're important. They already are important. We were joking around, you know, we have these video monitors so that we can watch, you know, Milo when he's asleep. We never had that with our other kids, right? They just, they're in the room. I'm sure they're still there. But with Milo, the grandson, he's got this little video monitor. We can hear him. We can spy on him. I know it's kind of creepy. But why? Because we're watching over him. We're caring for him. He doesn't have to do anything. We are so concerned about him. We are watching him when he sleeps, you understand that is you. That's us. The good news of belonging is rooted again in our identity of Christ or in God's love for us. It's all about intimacy, acceptance, and affection from God. God so loved the world. God leaves the 99 to find the one. My identity is located in Christ, who is always faithful. He has adopted me into his family and wants to be with me. I know I belong to him, and he communicates this to me with loyalty, affection, and esteem. You guys ever see those videos? There was one this week. One of my friends posted on it. She was adopted, and she posts these videos every now and there's this video of when the adoption was official and their name was given to the child and the kid's coming out of school and as she's coming out of the school, you know, they're holding these signs with her new name on it and saying, it's official, you are. And then she comes running and she cries and they hug. <sighs> I get choked up just talking about it. She just seen me when I was watching it. I lost it, right? It's like, this is so amazing. You have been chosen. You, you belong to us. You are our family. What more can we do to make you understand you belong here? We have given you our name, and that's what Christ has done for us. I want to share with you some scriptures. They're going to be posted up here, just that help in our understanding of belonging, right? God places the lonely in families and sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. Psalm 68, six. 
See, I have engraved you into the palms of my hand. Your walls are ever before me. Yet all who did receive him, to those he believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Now those other borns are important, but born of God, this is even stronger still. That's in John. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You belong. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. There are so many more. These were just a few places in scripture where God is trying to let us know we belong. And done in such beautiful ways. He's engraved our names in the palms of his hand. What will it take for us to live like we belong? And then significance. The good news of significance is rooted again in our identity in Christ, as friends, as family. We are significant because God has given us authority, responsibility to exercise power as his representatives in his kingdom. God has authorized us as his partners in new creation. The new work God is doing, he is now doing in and through us. That's pretty significant. So what I do matters. I have an important vocation because I am part of God's family. He involves all his children in the family business. So our work is significant. I want to give you a few scriptures regarding significance. In Matthew 28, it says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. In Luke 22, and just as my father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. Ephesians 2, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In 1 Peter 2, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You have significance. You don't have to find it. You have it. You are significant because You are a part of this family. You are a part of this work. It is integrated into who you are. It is a part of your DNA. It's so funny, as the the kids were together, you start seeing the similarities between the two grandkids, right? And of course, one is always mimicking the other. They're just playing with each other in that realm. But you start seeing you guys are the same family. You have the same characteristics. You, you, these things show up 
It should show up in our lives, the significance that belongs to us, that has been handed to us in Christ. And the good news of security is rooted in the abundance of provision that comes from this identity in Christ. It's all about the fact that we are completely safe in God's kingdom, that we have provision and peace. I'm always safe. I'm always secure in God's kingdom. He provides the things that I most deeply need. And here are some scriptures regarding security. In Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. John 10, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. In Romans 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In 1 Corinthians 3, all things are yours and you are in Christ and Christ is of God. Again, Second Peter, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. I hope that this gives you a fuller picture of how each aspect of good news sounds. It's important to remember through this time, the things that are ours, we have to listen to it. We have to understand it. We have to become aware of what belongs to us so that we can live as if we belong to it or to him. And as you hear people talk, your friends, your family, have an ear out for bad news at work in their lives where they don't see themselves as God sees them, that their reality, their false self is living from a place of scarcity. And as you listen to it, do you hear anxiety about what others think. Dig and find out what's at stake for them and what others think. What are they trying to get? The good news is likely something along the lines, you already have the belonging you seek because you have and belong to Christ. You're a child of God and a part of his family. Right? If you hear anxiety about not having enough, about this, you know, not being secure, living out of scarcity, again, dig for what's at stake in having enough. The good news is likely to look something like this. You already have the security you're seeking because you have abundant provision in God's kingdom. God provides for his children. You might be looking for security in the wrong things because you have the things that are really secure. And help them to see that or help yourself to see that. And if you hear 
anxiety about being insignificant, not doing enough. Again, dig in, find out what's at stake in their doing. What are they trying to get with all of this doing to accomplish? The good news is probably gonna sound something like this. You already have significance. You're seeking because you have authority in Christ. You have the significance you're seeking. You have it in Christ. Your work matters because God invites you to partner with him in the new creation. You see, I don't want to be a part of just a small work. I want to be a part of God's work. I don't want to to have a church. I want to be the church. I don't want to just do something. I want to be a part of the movement of God that he is doing that's recreating the world. I want to be a part of what is significant that he is doing, that's where I find my significance. I've been invited to be a part of this family business. And when Jesus said, freely have received, freely give, what have we been given? And what are we to give? It's this. It's the truth that you belong. It's the truth that you matter and are significant and are a part of the work that God is doing. The truth, the good news, that you are secure, you are loved, and you will never stop being loved. And no one can take you from his hand. This is healing. And and it's an invitation for all of us. You see, we are declaring good news. And this is it. And we're declaring the good news to the bad news that we have believed And it's setting us free from the lies and idols that we have followed. When the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. Let's live in this freedom because it's true. Let's pray. Father, help us to see the change that needs to take place in our lives. God, help us to see the truth and live our lives in that truth. To not have just a mental assent, but have a practical living a living that is secure in your love and your goodness. To live in significance. We are a part of your work and your kingdom come and your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. We belong to this. We are family with you and with one another. 
May our lives reflect this good news. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. May you move to a belief that lives out of the abundance that is there for you. May you not believe the lie and live in scarcity any longer and accept the gift of God offered to you through Christ. God bless you guys. We love you. Friday, 7 p.m. on Zoom. We'll get the information to you. Need to see you guys. God bless. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.